Welcome everyone to part two of week four's NFL fantasy forecast. I am Dana Salzarula for FSLineups.com and today I will cover the remaining schedule which I promised. It includes our four o'clock Eastern Standard Time starts Sunday night and Monday night's game. Before I get started I just want to remind everyone that we are doing Major League Baseball still. Uh, our members get two lineups a night or our playoff package which is 1999 that will cover the entire playoff and World Series games the NFL members get six lineups for Sunday only main slates these lineups are created by using lineup optimizers and stat services along with one or two from me myself together these six lineups are mixed back from different sports minds and statistical computer algorithms all to give you the potential winning edge. No one is throwing darts at a door, dart board uh, full of players or picking them randomly out of a hat. There's lots of blood, sweat, time, and energy that go into these bad boys hoping they win. And yes, these are the lines I play. Try and put my uh, money where my mouth is. Enough of the marketing. Let's get into Sunday's late games. First up, the Denver Broncos visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Denver opened up as a four-point favorite, now only giving a field goal. Under over was and is still 43. The young Bronco quarterback Simeon has them at 3-0 with a balanced air-to-run game. Simeon's numbers are okay. Uh, he's averaged 252 yards a game. He's got five touchdowns to his three interceptions. On the other side, Bucks quarterback Jameson Winston has eight touchdowns and 309 yards a game but six picks already which may come into play versus a tough Denver D. Winston's favorite target is of course Mike Evans who is averaging a mouth-watering seven receptions 100 yards and one score a game. Focus on Evans has led to the emergence of Adam Humphreys as the second receiver out there. He had nine receptions for 100 yards last week. Uh, he now has 18 on the year, and uh, his salary is still pretty decent. The Broncos receiving duel of Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders is decent also, with Sanders coming on recently. Tight end Virgil Green doesn't really factor in the air game, but Tampa's break at tight end has been a bright spot, getting 11 receptions, in which two of them were for scores. Running backs... Uh, Denver's C.J. Anderson, whom I was nervous about last week about a potential platoon with Booker, as Booker was coming on pretty strong when uh, Anderson was flat, um, remained their main go-to guy as he's been getting a 3-to-1 touch ratio to Booker. Charles Sims will be that main role once again as Doug Martin is out another week or so. He also has been getting a 3-to-1 touch ratio, in my opinion, uh, of course, uh, over backup, Jacquez Rogers. Sims was solid last week. He was actually put up some top 12 running back numbers, but could have a tougher time against Denver's defense. Targets, neither quarterback do we like. Uh, Mike Evans is getting 13 targets a game on average, is always an option. Humphreys is another cheaper option. Bright is okay. Uh, there's a lot of other cheaper tight ends that are starting to emerge to choose from. Uh, on Denver's side, Anderson, Thomas, and more so Sanders look decent as the Bucks are giving up nearly 32 points a game. So Denver has the opportunity to put up some points.
Next matchup, Dallas Cowboys are at the San Francisco 49ers. This game was a pick'em, but strong Dallas money has moved them to a two and a half point favorite. The under over has inched up from 45, uh, which was 44. Uh, Cowboys wide receiver Des Bryant is flying with them t- uh, to San Francisco, but is listed as doubtful, which means um, more targets for both Cole Beasley and tight end Jason Witten, who is also uh, pretty reasonably priced. Cole does have 20 receptions already. Uh, Bryant had 11, so to me it just solidifies Beasley's role in that air game. On the ground, rookie Zeke Elliott uh, only has five catches, it looks here, but has 71 ground touches for 274 yards and two touchdowns. The Cowboys' balance offense should be able to put away San Fran and improve to 3-1. and one. San Fran's quarterback, Gabbert, has just 177 yards a game in the air, which is poor. Uh, he's got three touchdowns and three interceptions, while Carlos Hyde is the only bright spot on the team. Hyde has seen the end zone four times already. He's averaging 20 carries a game for 75 yards. Not one receiver has double digits receptions, and tight end McDonald does have two touchdowns, but a whole five catches through three games. That's just not good. <laughs> Targets, we like Beasley as long as his salary hasn't risen too much yet. Uh, Witten is always an optional option. Elliott, we like along with the 49ers Hyde. Dak Prescott, we didn't mention. Uh, he's been all right, but there are plenty other better options out there on the slate for quarterback. Next, biggest game to target with an under over of 53 and a half, up from 52. The New Orleans Saints are in San Diego. Phillip Rivers Chargers are a steady four-point favorite where wide receiver Travis Benjamin may have the opportunity to redeem himself this weekend. Both teams only have one win between them. Phillip Rivers surprisingly only has 263 yards a game, but does have a respectable five touchdowns to no interceptions. Melvin Gordon has been a blessing as he gives them a ground game, which many haven't seen in San Diego since LaDainian Tomlinson. Gordon has four touchdowns already and should get at least 20 touches this game as the next back, um, not including the injured Danny Woodhead, only has four carries for 13 yards, which is Farrow. The Saints' D, besides a solid showing against the Giants, has been torched by Carr and the Raiders and Ryan's Falcons, which sets the stage for a pass-happy Rivers of old to possibly break out. Now you think Benjamin as an option right away, but even he is only seeing six or seven targets a game. Tight ends, Henry and Gates have six catches apiece. That's a measly two per game average. Terrence Williams is next with 11. Gordon has seven out of the backfield, and he's the next one after that. So when you take a step back, I don't know if Rivers has the weapons or confidence or, or chemistry with this receiving staff to truly take advantage of the Saints' D. Breeze is not a road guy, as we mentioned before in the past. Last year, only nine of his 32 touchdowns have came away from home. Uh, he does lead all NFLs with a hundred, not a 
100, 1,062 yards. That's 354 yards a game. He's got eight touchdowns and just one pick. Uh, he spreads the ball nicely as six guys have 10 or more receptions. Sneed should be back. His toe is bothering him along with Cooks. And Michael Thomas took advantage of Sneed's departure last week with an impressive seven receptions on 11 targets. He had 71 total yards and did get a touchdown. Now that Sneeds is back, though, he probably will not get as many targets. The ground game is uh, led by Mark Ingram. He's been light, as expected, with the emphasis strongly on that pass attack. Ingram averages 12 carries a game and has yet to run for a score. Targets this game. Breeze, even though he's on the road in San Diego, because uh, their defense is nothing special. The talent on the New Orleans side outweighs San Diego's by far, who just haven't gelled yet. Wide receivers is a crapshoot as to who is going to get these touchdown scores. Cooks, Sneed, maybe even Thomas, maybe even, even Feeney, which makes a challenge to focus on just one or two. Um, but if you even if you wanted to stack them, I think they're too pricey to stack the whole crew. Uh, Gordon will be the safest play here for San Diego. His salary has risen to now top tier level, unfortunately. Travis Benjamin has uh, need, I should say, has to get involved in the offense if San Diego wants to get a win here at home this week. The last four clocker has Los Angeles Rams visiting the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are an eight-point favorite. The under-over has fallen from an opening 44 down to 43. Carson Palmer should be able to lead his team back to 500 ball against a less talented group at home. Carson's numbers are middle of the pack, 287 yards a game. He's got five touchdowns and four interceptions. As his main weapons is wide receiver veteran Larry Fitzgerald, who leads by far the wide receiver staff with 20 receptions, 218 yards, and three touchdowns. The next top receiver is actually running back David Johnson with 10. The Browns, Floyd, and even tight end Fells all have anywhere from six to nine catches each. Johnson gives them a solid ground game, of course. He's got 47 carries for 217 yards and three touchdowns to go with 10 receptions, 169 yards in the air, and he hasn't caught a touchdown pass. The Rams, led by Casey Keenum, has been awful. He's got 189 yards average per game. He's got two touchdown passes and has been picked three times. Todd Gurley has been solid with his 63 touches and rushes out of the backfield, but it's only got 183 yards to show for it. That's a very dismal 2.9 yards a carry. Uh, but he has seen the end zone twice. Both Britt and Austin have a respectable 14 receptions each, but are not targets this week against an Arizona D and also being on the road. So, targets this game. Johnson is a solid cash lineup guy along with Fitzgerald. Moving on to Sunday night, it's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start. The Kansas City Chiefs square off in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Vegas money feels the Steelers should get back on track after last week's depressing effort as the spread has grown from four to five points, while the under over has fallen from 48.5 to 47. Big nose here is Le'Veon Bell is back. So is Jamal Charles. 
but we expect Charles to only get a couple of touches as next week's bye will give him an extra week of rest to be ready to take back his role of lead back come week six. Spencer Weir should see most of the backfield work for the Chiefs, but his numbers have dropped off since a stellar week one performance. Quarterback Alex Smith averaging 262 yards a game. That's three touchdowns and one interception. His main targets are tight end Travis Kelsey, who's got 17 receptions, and 15 for Jeremy Macklin. Both have a touchdown apiece. The Steelers have star Antonio Brown with 24 receptions and 305 yards. He's got two touchdowns, followed next by back D'Angelo Williams, who's got 14 receptions, which is where the drama in Pittsburgh begins. Steelers have now two talented backs. And I say talented is because they can catch the ball and they can run. They're, they're multifaceted, which, which is a blessing for any team to have a, a fantastic weapon. And Pittsburgh knows it. Last year they stated they wanted uh, them both on the field together, possibly lining one of them up in the slot. But Bell clearly outtouched Williams 125 to 14 in touches prior to his injuries. This makes it very hard to target either back until we see how the cards fall. Big Ben does have Brown to throw to, but his next option is tight end James, who's got 10 receptions. You know, that's a little more than three a game. Also, Rodgers and Coates have nine and seven apiece. Now, with Casey's confident secondary, who picked off Fitzpatrick six times last week, this could create some real problems for Roethlisberger. Targets, Antonio Brown, of course, is going to get plenty of looks but is very pricey, possibly the priciest guy on the board. And uh, Casey's Kelsey is always a strong option, especially if he can find the end zone this week. Finally, on to Monday night. The New York Giants visit a surprisingly tough Minnesota Vikings team. Minnesota's a four-and-a-half-point favorite, up from three-and-a-half with the under-over of 43. You have to admit, when Teddy Bridgewater went down, you never would think the Vikings would be 3-0 and right now with Sam Bradford. The air game is a work in progress as Stefan Diggs, he's got 20 receptions, 325 yards, one touchdown, is definitely their top wide receiver. And Kyle Rudolph has impressed us. He's got 14 receptions, 166 yards. He's got two scores. The running game, even prior to Adrian Peterson's injury, has been crappy, which justifies just how big of a factor their defense has played to ultimately being undefeated. Now, Eli's Giants, who struggled to score against the Saints, will surely be challenged in many Monday night. Jennings' thumb issue will be a game-time decision, so it could be him or Orleans Darkwa in the backfield with Shane Vereen being injured last week. The Giants' pass attack is strong. Manning's averaging 308 yards a game. He's got four touchdowns and three interceptions. He's got OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., who's got 19 receptions, 280 yards, but has yet to score a touchdown. Sterling Shepard has been a nice uh, blessing for a rookie. He's got 16 receptions, 233 yards, and two touchdowns. Victor Cruz got 11 receptions, 195 yards. He's got one touchdown. Tight ends Ty and Donald both have eight receptions each. I predict a close mid-level scoring game in this one. 
targets even though it's Monday night and it's not on our Sunday only tickets uh, New York Shepherd is a solid play based on salary along with Stefan Diggs and Rudolph for many are, are both guys that are going to get plenty of targets also ah <sighs> Well, that wraps up our weekend forecast. Again, please let us know. We welcome the feedback as to whether you like this week force format, going game by game, giving players to target, or previous weeks we went position by position after going through the Vegas odds. I appreciate sharing my thoughts on these games and enjoy interacting with all my daily fantasy sports players out there. Feel free to email me message me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, I even welcome gurus who wish to be a special guest with me in the future weeks. I ask you all to please share our podcasts uh, with your DFS friends out there in order to help us grow. We need to grow our fan base as we do have a goal to podcast every day during the NBA season, which we absolutely love the NBA season. Uh, Lots of fun lots of games every night um, and I actually think that basketball is the best sport for DFS um, for those of you who do play Major League Baseball and who have played hockey it's uh, it's difficult you gotta admit you could have a guy that scores you 30-40 points one night and does absolutely ne- the next ni- nothing the next night and gets you zero so it's almost like hit or miss in hockey, if he doesn't do anything, he gets zero. If, he's, if he scores a goal and gets an assist, he gets an insane amount of points. So, you know, it, it's tough. It's very tough to handicap. But in basketball, you know that guys are uh, they're going to get some assists. They're going to get some points. They're going to get some blocks and some rebounds and some steals. So there's a lot of ways that you can earn points and they can add up. So it's a lot easier to handicap. And uh, if you haven't played basketball yet, it, it is a lot of fun in daily fantasy sports. And, of course, you got games every day. So, uh, yeah, it can get overwhelming playing every day. But um, sure beats playing football only, uh, you know, once a week. So on that note, you know, that's it. You know, uh, I'm Dana Salzarulo signing off for FSLineups.com. I thank you for listening. Until next week, let's make some of those Benjamins. Take care, folks.